0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm Joe McCall, your host. We got a special episode today. We're gonna be talking to to a good friend of mine named Blake Templeton about his business. And we're gonna talk about the world's first trillionaire, which is gonna be cool. But Blake has an amazing story, and he was where a lot of you guys are at now, kind of growing through the business to a multi million dollar business now, raising large amounts of capital and helping people invest their money. So it's going to be a really cool podcast. You guys are going to like Blake. He's a good dude. So that's coming up here. But first, some housekeeping things. Number one, I want you guys to always remember you can get the transcripts and the show notes of all of my podcast episodes at our website, realestateinvestingmastery.com. Um, realestateinvestingmastery.com. Like you can go, Blake's gonna uh, talk about his new book. And If you wanna know how do I get that, you can go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and check that out and get the transcripts. And I have guys almost 935, I think now, episodes, 935, almost 10 years. We are actually, this podcast, it blows me away. We're being listened to by people in over 170 different countries. If you look at my stats, which just blows me away. All right, so go check that out. Number two, a lot of you guys right now are listening to this or watching this on YouTube or Facebook. So I just want to say hi to you guys. If you are listening to this live, if you type in any chats or comments into Facebook and YouTube. YouTube. We can see them here, and if you have a question for Blake or me as we're going through this podcast, just type them in there, and we'll bring them up on the screen. So say hello, tell us where you're from, give us a thumbs up if you like this podcast, all right? And let us know that you like it, even if you don't like it, let us know, and we'd really appreciate that. Also, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast player, if you've not already, you need to subscribe to this podcast. And if you're on, I put all of my podcasts on YouTube as well, so make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. We release about two or three videos a week on the YouTube channel, which is is pretty cool. I love doing it. We're coming out with some new episodes coming soon that really dive deep into teaching real specific things like how to talk to sellers, how to make offers, how to get leads and how to get marketing and how to get your marketing to work. So you get that stuff when you subscribe to the YouTube channel and subscribe to my podcast. So I'd encourage you guys to do that. One more thing I want to tell you, I have a new book. If you've not heard me talk about it before, here it is. Boom. Recession proof real estate investing. And this is a, a very different book than anything that I've ever written before. And I think you guys, are going to love it because I've give you a lot of resources in this book like spreadsheets like my marketing pieces like calculators contracts I walk through how to find deals on Zillow and Redfin And this book is very interactive. And I paid a guy a lot of money to put little nice color graphics and images (laughs) in this book. So you can get it. I think it's just seven bucks. But the cool thing about this book is it comes with an interactive mind map. And in that mind map are videos and calculators and my marketing pieces and the scripts that I use. And you're going to learn how, because you know when, when we're in the recession right now, right? So with every crisis comes an equal amount of opportunity. And I talk about in this book, how to prepare yourself for the changes, who no matter who gets selected doesn't matter right you need to be in a position where you can profit and there's three or four things I talk about in this book to make sure that you're ready to move when the cheese moves you know and I think there's some few, a few things in here that are really important for you to understand and pay attention to as the market starts to shift and change if you want the book go right now to reiproof.com reiproof.com to get your hands on the book it's really really good i know you're going to love it all right so you guys ready to bring on Blake Blake how are you my man
1: Joe my man good to- to see you, buddy. You too.
0: Listen, where are you at right now? Lubbock, Texas. I know. Yes, oh, Texas. Gonna guess Texas. Okay, yeah. yeah. Guys, Blake, I met Blake at a mastermind and at the Funnel Hacking Live conference. Hopefully they'll do one next year, live and in person. But I met Blake out in Bo- Boise, Idaho at one of the masterminds that we are both a part of. And uh, we just really connected. You know, he, he's a good guy with integrity and he's a Christian, which is cool, right? You don't have to be a Christian to do business, right? But like- Sure makes it a lot easier. It makes it a lot easier. Right. And so he's also a very successful real estate investor. I mean, he got started. We're going to talk about this, how he got started in the business. But I wanted to bring him on because he's got a really good company that raises capital for some really cool projects that he's going to talk about. But he's also got a book, which I thought was fascinating. I never thought of Solomon as the world's first trillionaire.
1: Yeah, And so we're going to be talking about that. So how are you doing, Blake? So good. So good. You know, you're so, I want to compliment you to your audience. On your podcast, one thing you do really well, Joe, is you, make very clear the reality we're in a recession very clear but that opportunity comes out of it and one thing that if you guys don't appreciate joe you just might take it for granted one thing you've got to really understand what he's giving you value on is like he's so good at showing there's two routes two actions you can take reaction and response and I mean, his RAI proof, that's the way to have a good response. You don't have to react like everyone else is doing, but man, this is the, the wealth transfers here. And so, yeah, Joe, appreciate, appreciate the opportunity that, to join you.
0: Appreciate that, Blake. All right, so talk about your history. How'd you get started in real estate? When was that?
1: Started in 06. Actually, it was a college dropout without a penny to my name and ended up moving home. I didn't know you couldn't defer student loans anymore. So <laughs> humbly had to, you know, move back in with mommy and daddy. And, but I did not want to go do the to five. I did not want to go into the world and the system. Um, I just knew I wanted to my own business. And so I ended up, my parents got a letter in the mail and it was to go to a real estate conference. And I go to this conference and man, I'm just like locked in. Like, I don't know nothing about nothing, but like I got numbers. I, c- I can do formulas. Like this makes sense. So I had two grand. I was at, in the bank from saving from mowing lawns back in the day in high school. And so I gave them all the money and then ended up they had a coach later who came into the picture and I didn't realize what I realized now the value of wisdom kind of like intersects my story with King Solomon. The queen of Sheba went, 75 days on a camel. She valued wisdom so much. She valued going to King Solomon and gain. She was a queen of her own kingdom. But she went 75 days by camel in the desert to go sit before Solomon's feet and glean wisdom from God. And so I just decided, man, I need wisdom. I want to collapse time. I want to learn. I want to actually build an empire. I want to learn how to do this. And so, yeah, started in single family doing wholesales and flips and retail wholesales and working the creation side of some lease option and you know building that artillery, if you will, the, the armory of what a real investor has and uh, ended up in 2012 making this leap into the commercial investments because I built that nest egg and was able to make that move. Now, why did you do that? Why did you not stay in residential? It's a great question. It's kind of a threefold. I'm going to give you a clear answer. It actually came down to this transformation, what God was doing in my heart. But number one, I had way too much money and I became prideful, became arrogant. I would have never said that back then. I did a $150,000 cash remodel on my house. I started lusting after what I created. It was bad. And I had I had eight different crews doing renovations. We were processing about 40 short sales at a time and we owned our markets, had a 93% success rates, clearing, you know netting 50 to 65,000, a month, just a 20, you know, 21 year old did not understand the capacity of wisdom. You were doing this in your early twenties. Yeah. Early twenties. Right. Wow. Good for you. And didn't understand how you, how much wisdom, like you have to grow in wisdom and stature as you grow in wealth or you'll lose it. I didn't understand that. So come 2009, right after 08, great for short sales, by the way. And so we're nearing 2010 and I've got eight different renovations with eight different crews. The banker calls, he says, you're current on all your loans but the bank's not doing good. And so I'm the hatchet, man. I've been hired to, oh. you know, you've got that little fine print on every loan where we can call the note due and we're getting rid of all of our investor loans. So you need to pay all eight of those off in cash or you're going to foreclosure. And it was this moment where like... How long, by the way, how long did they give you? In do? Texas, it's 21 days. 21 days. 21 days. So... Here's the irony. God had been trying to get a hold of my heart and he'd been saying like, Blake, it's really your money. It's not really your money. It's actually my money. You're just managing my money. And I'm like, I get it. Thank you. You know, I'll you know, we'll keep doing this thing. I kind of want the power. And it came to this point where he had like throughout the life raft so many times. It's like, OK, we could have done this a different way but now we're going to, I want to show you why you're good at real estate. I want to show you why I give you wealth. It's not just to splunder it on your own pleasures. It's actually to impact and legacy and like provide for other people. So he shows me the hard way, took me through the wilderness. The banker calls, says, Hey, I'm the hatchet man paid off in 21 days. So Mr. Prideful and arrogant pops out and is like, I can actually come up with this money. I'll solve the world's problem." And I go to eight different banks to refinance and all eight of them like, oh, sure. 800 credit score. I mean, I had no credit score going in. Now I got 800 credit score and cash strong, not to pay off eight properties, cash strong, but cash strong. And then they all see pre-foreclosure. The bank had put a pre-foreclosure notice of default on these? All eight of them were at the courthouse in in pre-foreclosure. No way. Yeah, way. And so God literally, out of his love for me, Joe, he literally, the irony was I was the king of stopping foreclosures. And all of a sudden, Mr. Prideful has eight pre-foreclosure pending listings. And so the banks are like, you're a leper. Like, I'm like, yeah. no, no, you don't understand. Like You don't understand. No, no, we do understand. Trust me. <laughs> and, and so I literally find myself three days before you know it all goes down and my heart is just gripped and now because I had so many guys I mean you know the game you know you know guys you listening if, if you're doing big things in your market you know there's people trying to copy you well we owned our market and so everyone's just nipping at your heels cop I mean every little copying every little thing you're trying, you're trying to do and so all these people see the eight pre-foreclosures so they start the rumors of all the nasty stuff so I find myself eight, three days before I mean my heart's gripped I'm in pain I'm in in agony. I am like, no one can understand me. No one gets me. I'm misunderstood. And I literally just go to God. And I'm like, you can have it all. I you can have this house that I just did the hundred fifty thousand dollar remodel on. You can have the eight properties. You can have the business. I'll go back and just got married about nine months. Or I'll go back and move home with mommy and daddy, and we'll just <laughs> I'll go live in a cardboard box if I can just keep my relationship with you, and if you'll restore my name. And it was Joe. It was like the next day the Lord was like, man, that's all I needed, son. But we could have done it a different way. And the banker called the next day. He's like, hey, we're gonna let you keep all those eight properties. Just pay two percent down. And and we'll we'll uh, redo the notes. And then the Lord was like, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit now. I'm going to give you a short leash and I to have you gain wisdom before I can give you more wealth. I'm going to give you wisdom before you give you. So hey, is this like this time of redemption? Yeah. That was back in 2010, 2011. And since then, that just led us into the Lord has opened up opportunities in, in commercial real estate. And one thing I want to just share with your listeners is it's like King Solomon, he started with wisdom. Now he didn't end with wisdom, unfortunately. So if we, if we if we see the the end from the beginning, we we realize he didn't end it well. But he 35, 36, 37 years was solid hearing God's voice. And one thing David actually told them before he became king was he said, Solomon, number one thing before you become a king of your kingdom is you got to clear out the other voices. And he said, there's people in my cabinet that are not good. So he told them three people, you got to go clear off the voices. And so you guys think about the voices that you have. Because, see, you're really a king or a queen. You're a king or a queen of your own kingdom inside, what I would say, his kingdom. So like we're part of something bigger, but he's given me something to steward. And I got to clear out the voices. And like like Joe's message, man, that's a good voice. So think about the other voices that are bad voices. And you want to replace the good voice with the bad voice. That's the wisdom. So, man, that's God led me back to King Solomon, just going back 3,000 years in the Bible. I'm like, man, where can I go back to just start fresh? You know, in 2011, where can I start fresh? And I just started studying King Solomon, realizing, oh my gosh, there's something here that I can build an empire on.
0: That's good. So you started getting some wisdom. We're getting some good comments here, by the way. Marco, amen. <laughs> nice. Uh, so you started doing commercial then around 2011, 2012, right? Right. And since then, I'm looking here, you've been doing it over, well, how long would that be now? So eight years, eight or nine years. Yeah. Now you're raising money for larger commercial products. And what I right. love this here, not one single investor has ever lost money with you.
1: Yeah. Love it. It's a beautiful thing. And it's following King Solomon's principles. Yeah. And if I can, I'll share three principles. These are pillars. And see what's so funny is like when people invest with me, it could be agnostic, it could be Hindu, but I'm Christian, but whatever. But I'm so convinced that these three pillars are everything. I had an agnostic guy say, Hey Blake, I don't really agree with you spiritually. Like that's not my thing, but I invest all my money with you because if there, if it is all like that, I would want my money protected like you have it. And so here's three pillars that you guys can walk out right now, wherever you're at, doesn't matter where you're at in your business. Didn't this is what you have to do. Step one, King Psalm was God-directed. So it's a three-dimensional investment, three-dimensional investment. And most people, whether you go the good person route or the like morals and ethics or good steward of wisdom of like opening the door for someone or doing good things for your children or... But when it comes to your money investing your money, multiplying your money. Most people don't walk in good stewardship of wisdom from God. It's wisdom from themselves, wisdom from their own experience, wisdom from their own past. So we don't want to live past present. We want to live future present, not basing everything off the past, because that means we build in bad rules and bad belief systems. And so that's only going to come from God. So in our investment firm, we actually seek his wisdom before we move into an investment. So like Joe's been so good on the podcast in the past episodes. If you guys haven't heard, go back and listen to him. Some really rich ones on like you have the opportunity that wealth transfer is happening. And so you just got to don't let it be a shiny object thing, though. Like go seek wisdom because there's definitely some falling knives. There's definitely some bad stuff that you could grab a hold of. So we said before God, grab his wisdom. Some deals, they're killer. But he tells me, don't do it. It's a twenty million dollar deal. It's amazing. Don't do it. Other one, it's a twenty million dollar deal. Doesn't look as good, but it says full peace, it's full clarity. Move forward. Then once we open the hood, we find out there's some hidden jewels and gems and it just becomes this amazing deal. So first one's God directed, not Blake directed, not you directed. Second one is King Solomon had what he called the Megiddo, the Megiddo. So he had this city called Megiddo and it's still in Israel today. And it's the city that what people call it's worth a thousand cities. More battles have been fought at, at Megiddo than any other place in the world still today. And it was, it was this mindset that if you owned Megiddo, you owned the world. Because the trade route between Egypt and and Syria and India, you had to pass through Megiddo. So Megiddo, for you and I, in the real estate world, it represents something tangible. It represents something ironclad. And he had what we call vertical integrated synergies. He had multiple different streams of income on that one thing. So just think about how you can do that. And the big thing is, is that, you know, one stream of income on that, it doesn't work because as you know your cash flow might go down so you got to figure out how to have multiple streams of income. King Solomon did it where so the city the people trading goods and services had to pass through is a like monopoly the game monopoly you had to pay when you pass go so you had to pay to come in because he had a fortified city he protected the people on the trader out then he had food, he had supplies. They were on five hundred mile track before the next place they can stop. So he had all these different little income synergies that he could actually make revenue. He became the first trillionaire ever. He owned the domain. He took territory. I mean, he he literally built construction. He had, he built cities and did massive renovation on cities in Israel. And he literally fortified with the walls around his his actual camp. So a fortress is a Megiddo. You you, you want to fortify right now is the season to fortify your investments. The, the third dimension, so second was Megiddo, having something tangible that actually has multiple streams of income. And the third is it creates exponential wealth. So the exponential wealth is there's certain investments that are a good investment but have a, a downward spiral it's natural descent is oil. It produces, but it, it slows down. Its, it's production always slows down. So now you're, you, know, you don't have a because you're, the price of oil is what controls whether it's good or bad. Well, you don't control the price. So the Megiddo, you have to control it. You have to control the traffic, the price, the resources around it. That's how you'd have control. So on certain real estate, we can do that. On the exponential side, it has you have to have control to be able to either deploy it to actually sell in big quantity for a higher price or you have to be able to you know make the equity on your sell whether it's a pack of businesses or it's a pack of houses or a, so your goal is to Always to create a three dimensional investment, and that's Joe how we've how we've created for the last fourteen years, and no one of investors lost money because it's always been God directed, spin a magito, and then has always created exponential wealth.
0: Nice, cool. So you've got a company now called Boron Capital Investment, and you've done uh, you've been in the business for fourteen years, three hundred plus transactions. And you have almost now $100 million under management. That's awesome. Cool. So talk a little bit about then, what are some of the projects you guys do? Where do you invest? Yeah,
1: great question. One place is, is wedding venues, yeah. This so is cool. when we're talking about God-directed, we have to then, again, not lean on understanding. I would have never thought I'd be in wedding venues. Like, what? Wedding what? What? Is that even an investment? And so wedding venues, the Lord started putting that on my heart. He started teaching me how, well, is mom-and-pop driven? It's mom-and-pops. They don't know how to market. They don't know how to sell. They have tons of bad rules and beliefs and the price they can sell for because it it's their art. And so we started realizing, oh my goodness! We looked at the history track on a hundred-year projection. There's three things that have always gone up in in price and value, even in the recessions. It was ammo, alcohol, and weddings. And so you're like, okay, weddings. Even the depression, everyone wanted a wedding. Yeah. And so even in COVID, just like this, we sell weddings for fifteen thousand dollars on video, fifteen grand on video during COVID. I mean, like this, like like hot hot tamales. And so we started realizing, man, we can actually control the Megiddo. There's tons of vertical synergies, tons of upsells, tons of ways. There's tons of new money sources once once you book the wedding. Then we, we own the traffic. We're really good at marketing that industry's not. And then we're really good at providing world-class customer service. So the traffic, the marketing... The cells, the clothes—we're really good at closing the cell, giving her what she wants versus buying into our own beliefs. Like she's feels like it's pushy, and she feels like we're selling her. And so every single bride feels like, man, I felt loved, I felt cared for, I got what I wanted, and I and I'm paying the, for the value that I'm getting. So that's one place. So this uh, is different
0: than just a wedding planning business.
1: Oh, completely right? different. Yeah, yeah. So this is like the megiddo is the wedding venue. Yeah. Right. So we don't. We don't do the wedding planning. So this is the bride comes in and she's looking for the place, the location she wants to have it. And so we're marketing that this, the wedding planner is going to give you organization. We're going to provide the world-class location. So this is the ambiance. This is the, I mean, all the bells and whistles and all the upsells from, you know, the flowers and all the decorations and all the the things that makes her feel like, oh my gosh, that's the kind of wedding I want to have.
0: Do you own that real estate? or do you go out and find it and lease it? Both,
1: yeah. So we own the real estate and the actual venue. So we, we build the brand- King Solomon built the brand of the Megiddo. Like, this is the fortress. This is, the, I own the domain. Come through my, do- please come through my domain. I want you to come through my domain. I, I want to build a world-class, you know, vehicle. King Solomon also had a city called Palmyra. So he had three different types of cities. And in the book, I, I give you, I explain exactly how he did it and exactly how you can do it. But one more I want to share is Palmyra. It's the luxury cities. And so that's what like the wedding venue, that's there's three different categories. And that would be like in the, in the luxury category. And he found a aquifer, under the ground in Israel and it's desert, desert, desert. And all of a sudden, boom, it's plush. And he literally built this five-star hotel resort All the amenities, all the highest and most wealthy would pass through there, make 100 mile turns just to come through Palmyra to have the exotic because there's no one else doing it. And so in your business, you got to think through, what do you do? He built workforce housing. King Solomon built the workforce, like the mid-grade. He built the Megiddo, which is this driving massive traffic for quantity of business services. And then he built luxury. So you got to think, this is what I would encourage you guys to do. Think about what you do, because you're not going to do all three. Think about what you do and if it's lease options and it's wholesales. So that's probably the workforce. So that's what you do. Now you want to think about how do I get into the other one? So you want to take everything Joe's teaching you and everything he's pouring in and then you're creating fruit from that. You're creating revenue. You're creating income. Well, Joe's so good. He's showing you how to do that with little money down. So you don't got to put all your money back into it. Just think how might I put this money that I am profited into to something bigger. And so I keep doing this, keep doing this. And then I create my Megiddo over here that's in another venue like wedding venues. Nice. So then what else? What else do you guys invest in? Yeah. So it's season or at different times, certain things can be a Megiddo and then certain things, you know, we pull back on, for instance, apartments for a long season. That was a really strong Megiddo right now. There's the competitions way too, too much. And it's, I mean, really it's oversaturated mm. and. So so you can't really protect yourself well because you don't control price. It's hard to control traffic right now because so many of the large institutions have have gone into that world. So that was a Megiddo for us at one point. We've sold all apartments. If you're still in apartments, hey, you just gotta find your exit. You just gotta find out you know, where your best point is. But online Megiddos is a really good one that we're that we're processing through right now. That's that's really, really great because everyone is shifting to the online world. So we're building online businesses that allow investors to invest into them. And then they're making a strong rate of return. We control the traffic, we control the services, we control the price, we control everything on it. And no one's doing this. And it's just that it's an open blue market, blue ocean.
0: be Be more specific of what that is. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So for instance, take, for example, an evergreen coaching business. So where you have a massive amount of revenue coming through you've you got ads going out you have got maybe a funnel and you've created something that's evergreen it's a membership site it's a system and it spits out money okay well it's a business it's online you can control the traffic you have well now we actually then use investors to actually invest into this so they can actually gain Equity inside it, gain cash flow on it. And then we make a large point up front because we're actually selling part of it. So think like the stock market. Stock market, the stock market used to be good back in 1917. It used to be I own Coca Cola, I own the whole company. I'm going to sell some shares to you, but you actually own a piece of the company. Well, after that, the New York Stock Exchange changed and no one owns a share of Coca-Cola anymore, a real share. You own a, a share of a, a shell company, but you don't own a, you don't actually own a piece of Coca-Cola. It's just it's a yeah. yeah. So what we do is we go back to the the real private, you know, syndication of now I've built the business. Now I'm gonna sell you a piece of it. And now you didn't have to go build it, you didn't have to go do it. You now invested into it, you're gaining cash flow off of it, and now you still have equity in it as we grow that business. So it's like and venture so, capital or angel investor capital, right? Yeah, but doing it private versus doing it yeah. public. Yeah. Nice. Do you do you have any examples you could share of that that you'd want to? Maybe what we can do is another time is do like a case study and kind of and kind of break something down like that. But but yeah the, the key thing here is is like is like man, these three dimensions. Yeah. That's what you gotta have. So for you guys, I would really encourage you to think through like where you're at right now, have you gone into reaction or response? Because if you gone into reaction, call timeout, cut the emotions, go back to Joe's books. You, you're gonna have to go into response, and then you know again, I don't forget. I'm, I'm gonna give you guys the book, The the Way, for free. All you got to do is pay shipping and handling. And and Joe will will talk about that at the end, but I'm going to give it to you for free. It's going to break down the blueprint of exactly what to do, no matter where you're at, exactly how King Solomon did it, exactly how you can do it and how you can actually have three-dimensional investments. And the key is, is like when everyone else doesn't know what to do. If you actually start listening to God's wisdom, like you'll start seeing stuff opening up. You'll start seeing, if it's in lease options, you'll start seeing opportunity open up. I mean, like you start seeing houses sitting longer on the market. You start like quit listening to all the news. Just start paying attention. Like what I would encourage you to do is start listening to his voice because the news is all over the place. It is all over the place, but you've got massive opportunity right now in, in. If it's the workforce housing that you're doing, ah, you got mass opportunity to make big money right here. And then to actually move that nest egg into something like what Warren Capital has with the... doing the Solomon way where you can actually ex- exponentially grow what you create as your nest egg.
0: Cool, cool. What are some other um big takeaways you've gotten out of Solomon's life that you think apply to business?
1: Yeah, another one is simply that when King Solomon was building his empire, like it was pure to build an empire. So a lot of us have a a money problem role and like you could be killing it in lease option or wholesales or something and then you're still struggle with the money problem. Like it's like we have like three camps. We have like the health, wealth and prosperity. Then we have the like, poverty is more righteous. So like, like, having almost nothing is better because it's being content. And like both of these extremes aren't good. This one sends you into a, a lifestyle that you can't have legacy and you can't have impact because you don't got nothing. So you're not really full of abundance where you can actually go serve other people. But the health, wealth and prosperity, that's like you're your own God and you're just you were created by yourself for yourself and you're just going to lavish yourself. And like no one ends up good in that world. They're tired of like not having impact. They're tired of not having legacy. They're tired of not actually doing something with their life. So there's this point where I believe God's created you for a special purpose to do something big and every single person knows it like if you go down deep in the in the kid inside you you know there's a bigger purpose to live for you know there's something big that you're called to do an impact so king solomon realized building an empire was good and i believe god wants you to build wealth he wants he wants people to have wealth who he can trust who walk in his wisdom because they will be the ones who will go change the world so and this is the perfect this is the the moment, this is the silver lining moment. If you thought you missed it in the past or you thought, you know, like, oh, I was too late on that opportunity or that, like, this is your moment. Ray Dalio says the next 10 years are going to be a dead decade. He's talking about the stock market. This is your moment. Like, this is your moment to actually say, I'm going to change the trajectory of my future. And so I'd really encourage you to think, okay, I want to build an empire. I want to build an empire. I want to build the empire in my lease option stuff or my wholesale stuff or whatever you're in and Joe's stuff that you're actually grabbing a hold Love and it works for you. Go deep and go wide, and don't think of it like I'm. I want to just make enough to you know cover my family bills. No, inflation's going to happen. Like this is going to be a roller coaster. Ray Dalio has the the world's largest hedge fund in the world. He says inflation's going to rip through the economy like a tornado. Whether it is or not, it's irrelevant. Go with the mindset it is. Prepare for the storm, and then go deep and go build big. You think I want to I want to add zeros to my empire? Then it. Makes it so much easier to think how you're gonna give money to other people when they're in need. Then you got people with money with the right heart have power and influence, then you never have like fear, like you want to give them a spirit of fear, you give them a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So that'd be my encouragement. One thing King Solomon did was he's like, Man, God called me to be the king. God called me to, to grow an empire, grow territory. And he was so good to his people. King Solomon was so good. There's multiple verses in Second Chronicles and Second Kings that talk about how the people under him had pleasure in their families. Like he fulfilled abundance in them. So he wasn't the, like that. The hard iron, you know, Hitler type. It wasn't like that. He grew abundance. He didn't have to stab people in the back. He grew abundance in ethics and morals by taking territory, owning... Grabbing great opportunities, hearing God's voice, creating the Megiddos, building, constructing real estate, and then providing for other people.
0: That's good. Really good, man. All right. So, this book, how can people
1: get it? The best way is um, pull out your, your cell phone, text the word Solomon to 31996. Text Solomon to 31996.
0: All right. I'm putting this in the banner here. So,
1: perfect. And you can also go to SolomonInvestor.com, SolomonInvestor.com. I love your banners, dude. That's so cool. Yeah. Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N. Got it. SolomonInvestor.com. Or text Solomon to 31996,
0: 31996.
1: And at every level of your life, everyone has a position where they think they're like they're like a measurement of what's good it's so like you can go into like your personal fitness I remember when I was like, like a little bump on my arm and my bicep, like I'm good, you know, and then you get a little bit more definition. Like, Oh, that wasn't so good. This is good. And then or when you're eating healthy, like maybe you're gonna take one bun off the off the hamburger. Yeah, that's healthy. I took a bun. I took some carbs off, you know, I only ate some of the french fries. Well, we do that with our wealth too, right? And King Solomon in his life, he helped me realize there's way more. Like, there's way more opportunity to build wealth and to, to own a domain. King Solomon took territory and it was good to take territory. So some of you who are like, you know, I don't want to like do the lease option because I feel like I'm taking from the person. What are you doing? That's helping them. It's a win-win situation. And yeah. so when you're putting, like, you got to think about the bigger picture. A king looks in a big picture. Kings look at long-term pictures and they see how might I create win-win the whole way through. So when you're doing your lease options, you're at the door, you're in the house, at the table, like you're on the phone, you're in your marketing. You're thinking like, I want to take territory because when I take territory, everyone wins. Good. So King Solomon always took territory and he always created a win-win. And I believe this is a season when you guys can, I mean, you can knock the ball off the tee, home run. I'm excited for for your group, man. It's a really yeah. exciting season.
0: What do you see? What do you see happening over the next year or two years uh, with the economy, with the market, and uh, yeah. how do you feel like you could apply some of Solomon's wisdom if the market, you know, if the housing market specifically, real estate starts to starts a nosedive?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. Okay, there's two things called procession and lag. Procession and lag. Procession is like When you drop the big pebble in the water, or you're skipping the pebble. And then lag is like all the little circles around it. So the whole COVID thing, that was procession, boom. But you didn't see lag. Like the first lag, you didn't see it for a little while. In some senses, like the second and the third one, it's like, oh, I thought we would be hurting more. I thought, you know, well, we're really how far the economy is away from what the stock market is portraying. We're in a depression, but the inflation, the aroma of fake money is just keeping everything very, very skewed. So everyone has a little bit of extra because they're using more credit that they built up. And it's just, it's really mixy matchy, but lag means eventually it's going to die off. Like it's not always going to stay there. You can't always keep giving money or you create, you know, everyone to implode and stay passive and never create economy and never go back to work. and, And you already see, you know, that happening. So lag, what I see in the next 12 months is you see a massive deplosion of businesses who can't make it. So we talked to tons of businesses because we acquire businesses. So we talked to tons of businesses and a lot of the businesses businesses that each one of you guys would think, oh, they're killing it. I love that place. Over a million restaurants in the next 12 months will go under permanently. Big ones. ones you're like, that's been, they surely they have this thing paid off by now. Over a million will go under permanently. Now you're like, well, how does it, what's that have to do with me? I'm in, I'm not in restaurants. Lag then affects the next thing of lag for instance 40% of all malls in the United States will go under permanently I mean, you and I know they were already not doing well I mean you yeah, have vacancies popping up yeah. more and more well these are all the mom and pops well they were not getting traffic in the malls because the malls aren't producing enough people you had the Dillard's and the JC pennies and those stuff those were the ones holding the whole thing together well all the malls implode well those businesses have human beings who run them who now don't have work and so now that's a lag And the farther we get in all these like circumstantial lags, the more you're going to start seeing problems in the market. When we talk about the the real estate market going down, King Solomon would have never processed the mindset of equity and value being going down being bad. He was never interested, like that was never his ticker. His ticker was territory. I want to own territory. I want to take territory. People always have to have a roof over their house, and there's certain certain services that people always have to have. And so when you understand that your methodology just changes if you were thinking it was about cash flow or you were thinking it was about equity no it's about territory If you think territory, then you just know I always want to own territory. While everyone else is reacting, thinking, oh, the market's bad. We should not be doing lease options. No, (laughs) that's when you should be doing lease options. Or, you know, for us, I mean, wedding venues, the other people in wedding venues, they're dying. Why are they dying? Because they're mom and pops. They weren't good at marketing. But when it was when the bull market and the stock market was killing it, when everyone's like, you know, has so much money, they weren't good at it. They were just getting the left. They were getting abundance of just people coming because they had money. So they're not good at marketing, not good at sales, not good at driving traffic, Well, now they're dying, okay? So for us, that's, that's not bad. We will help them, get them out of their scenario, We'll go buy massive groups of wedding venues, turn the whole thing around, shift it, you know, pull the levers, push the buttons, fix all their broken stuff, correct their sales problems, train their team, you know, buy in low. And mm-hmm. then we own territory. Now, all of our three-dimensional investment stuff works. And so what, what's going to happen the next 12 to you know, 24 months? It's less important what's going to happen. It's more important because either side, I mean, for the next four months, no matter who wins presidency... You're going to see craziness, right? Because this, this is the election that, that, that turns the tide of, of everything. So you'll see chaos, calamity, um, you know, and you might see that for 12 months. You and I don't know. But here's, like, here's one thing I love about uh, King Solomon. When you just listen to this voice in vertical, all the noise grows strangely dim. And I mean, he had people trying to actually enter his kingdom. So he had chaos but he had peace on all his borders because he just took territory and they just knew that he would literally come in and take over if they, you know, so they just surrendered to him. So you and I, all the chaos around us, we have to step up and, and and the king that we're called to be and the queen we're called to be and say, you know what? I'm going to control everything that I can control and the things that I can't control. You know, I'm going to just decide if that's something I need to be a part of. So on our investments, we can control our decisions. We can control territory. In worst case scenario, okay, in in your rentals on single family, if you're not making money, if you go into it right, the mindset is prepare for the ability to take territory because it'll always come back. And if you missed your opportunities in the past, like in the past, you're like man, I missed that opportunity. Don't be that one today. Remember the ones who took the opportunity. They weren't. They weren't the one who missed the opportunity. They had. They went through the wilderness time of it not being as good as it could have been. But now, you know, boom, it kicks off great. And that's you're looking at their success afterwards. We're now flip the tide. Now this is your opportunity. Your yeah. silver lining to take that opportunity and run with it.
0: Super cool, man. All right, so. William says here, thanks for the podcast. Great speaker with a new perspective and ideas. His ClickFunnels award plaque behind him says it all. Bam. <laughs> yeah, so it's important to hear what uh, God is saying to you, I believe, right? Priscilla here says, so true, honing in on what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. So there's something to be said, I think, with looking for wisdom, searching for wisdom, right? And there's even people in modern times that I think we could look at that at patterned their own businesses after Solomon. You know, I'm thinking of um, Rockefeller, for one. Um, super successful, gave away a ton of his money. Then there's even uh, the guy who started J. C. Penney, very successful, gave away a ton of his money. The guy who started Caterpillar, the heavy equipment business solid believer. And he he said one time, I keep on giving away everything God gives to me, but he keeps on giving it back because he has such a, he has a, a much bigger shovel. I think <laughs> but there's, you know, I think there's, there's real truth to that, you know, looking for wisdom from people in the past and Solomon being the number one example yeah. of that, but also other people in business that today, what did they do? No, nobody's perfect. Obviously Solomon wasn't perfect either. Right. But yeah, I believe in that. I believe in God giving us wisdom when we ask for it. He says he would, right? So we can ask for it. And asking for wisdom before asking for riches and wealth, right?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. When God, when, when he came to the Father, so David's, David's on his deathbed, David's like, son, you know, I'm going to pass on the mantle to you, go clear out the voices, you know, you know all the bad guys who are in my cabinet. So he goes and does that. Then he sits before God, And he actually comes and like lays himself bare and says, I want your I want your advice. I want you to help me run the kingdom. And God says, God comes to him. Like, I don't know if the the Aladdin story came from this, but I'm like, God came down and said, what is your one wish? What do you want? And King Solomon laid himself bare And he just said, I want your wisdom. And God said, you could have asked, just like Joseph, you could have asked for wealth. You could have asked for me to kill your enemies. And as you and I know, as in pride and arrogance, you could have asked for anything that your mind could have gone there. But you asked for my wisdom because you asked for my wisdom. God said, I shall give you my wisdom and you'll have more wisdom in any king before you, but I will also give you honor and wealth, more wealth than any king before you. And man, so it, it's yeah. this beautiful thing. And in the book I talk through, man, that's that that's this beautiful integration of wealth and wisdom. And and I walk through how, how how do you do this? What's how do you get the wisdom? It's not like a red pill. So how do you how do you get the red pill without there just being one? and allowing God to allow you to flourish in the middle of it.
0: That's good, man. So you've written a good book called Solomon's Way. You can get it at SolomonInvestor.com, SolomonInvestor.com, or you can text the word Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N, to 31996, 31996. Cool. Man, Blake, it's been a good podcast. It's good to look at um, a biblical perspective of these kinds of things. It's not something I talk a lot about on the podcast, but obviously it is very important. And the feedback here has been really good. Sheila says, a great show today. Joe and Blake, sorry I missed the beginning. Thanks for being willing vessels to share wisdom today. Amen. That's awesome. So um, good, a lot of comments here. I can't go through all of them. Appreciate this, Blake. Again, if people want to reach you, is the best way through the Solomons, SolomonInvestor.com. Yeah, get-
1: as that'll connect you to me. One thing as, as Joe, I mean, you guys know Joe. He's he like, he's built a family. He builds, like, you guys are family. And I mean, that's why he's bringing you up on the podcast. Because he's like, I, I, he cares for you. And he wants to to show your, your comments. So, and that's how I am. I want you to actually grow in your investments. I want you to grow in your investment opportunities with this three dimensional uh, voice, God's voice, a Megiddo and exponential wealth. So when you connect through SolomonInvestor.com or you connect through texting Solomon, the 31996, Uh, you become part of our family too. And that allows you to actually grow in wealth and wisdom. And I got so many different things I want to give you. I do want to give you the book and you'll get the book for free, just paying shipping to get it to you. Um, But I got so many other things I want to give you just chock full of um, wisdom that'll help you um, take your investment career and your legacy and impact to the next level. Awesome.
0: Listen, I got to go. My wife is texting me she wants me to play pickleball with her, so
1: that is a very important text.
0: Well, I'm with nine her. minutes over, and uh, pickleball is awesome.
1: Uh, do you play it with your wife? I've heard so much about it. I've gotta, I've gotta get out there.
0: Pickleball is like it's easy; like anybody can pick it up. It's not hard. That's what and I It's do. great exercise, and we have a big enough driveway in our front yard. When she needs a breaker and I need a break, I just want to get so out. Good, just go play pickleball. We, in fact, we, the, you need a net, right? So we got two buckets, those blue buckets from Lowe's okay. dirt, put some sticks in there and she has some fabric and we, it's like this, Come on. this fabric that we have going across to make our net. So anyway. And, and
1: so, and you just do it on your driveway. Yeah. That's legit. <laughs> okay. Well done, man. Yeah, I, I'm accountable to you. I'm going to set me up some pickleball.
0: Go Google it. Get the rules. You got to follow the rules. Okay. But it's uh, use wiffle balls and these plastic paddles. Nice. So anyway, guys, go to SolomonInvestor.com. Check out Blake's book, The Solomon Way, and text the word Solomon to 3199-6. We'll see you guys later. Thanks again, Blake. Appreciate it, man.
1: All right, Joe. Guys, blessings on you guys. Talk to you soon. See y'all later. Bye-bye.